Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mommy Faceted Podcast, a podcast for moms of color who are juggling motherhood, career, and real life. And I'm your host, Rachel Pierre. Today on the podcast, we have Muffy Mendoza. And I've actually been following Muffy for a little while, um, just in the background, and we finally got to connect and uh, do this interview. I'm so glad that we did. She talks about so many takeaways that I had a full page of notes. Like I listen when y'all are listening and get my own life together after hearing from these guests. So today on the podcast, you're going to hear from Muffy about how she initially had her first child and was just off running, being this amazing mother, but realized that she had left herself and her soul behind. And so we talk about why she started to take herself into consideration, what it took for her to realize that she had to, you know, pick up her own self and bring that to the forefront, something that she wasn't doing. Um, Part of that was healing. And we talk about how healing is a lot about allowing, allowing yourself to think differently about your past, to allow you to love yourself and others to love you. And just how she brought out that feminine energy so that she realized that, you know, she can be this full person, this full Muffy um, and, you know, have this mindset, which is her book, The Brown Mama Mindset, uh, to really uh, be an authentic version of herself. So if you want to learn more about Muffy or get access to her book and her curriculum, which we talked about, she talks a lot about questioning yourself and really, uh, you know, poking the bear to get to the true essence of what's going on uh, in your life or what do you want? What do you desire? Head over to the show notes uh, for today's episode. They're in the podcast show notes and you'll see a link to get to everything that Muffy has. And we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor for this episode and then we'll get into the interview. So I don't know if you're like me, but homeschooling while we've been out on quarantine has been a total eye-opener for me. Uh, Trying to teach my son his letters and figure out, you know, the best way that he learns has definitely been difficult. Uh, I'm not a teacher by trade, but I found a lot of great resources. And one is the Homeschool Buyers Co-op, and that has helped me figure out how to teach him and have some fun with it. So in traditional schools, they have access to buying, you know, books and tools and um, different teaching guides. But if you're a homeschooler, you don't necessarily have access to those types of materials. And so the Homeschool Buyers Co-op allows you to have the purchasing power that homeschoolers traditionally not been able to get access to. There are great deals, there's products, there's free resources, and there's even a Smart Points Rewards program. If you log onto the website homeschoolbuyersco-op.org, you'll be able to log in, get a free account, and if you use the code MOMMYFACETED as your referral code, you will receive 5,000 Smart Points, which is $5 to Towards anything that you want to purchase in the co-op. Again, that's homeschoolbuyersco-op.org and use the code MOMMYFACETED to get started with your smart points. Hi, Muffy. How are you? And welcome to the Mommy Faceted Podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Yes, I am excited uh, to get talking. Uh, so first, we have, a, we have a lot to talk about. I have um, quite a few things I want to get into with you. Uh, but first... Uh, I'd like to start out with before you became a mom, did you always know that you wanted to be a mom or were you nervous or hesitating um, about it? What were those kind of beginning days like for you? That's really interesting that you asked because when I became a mom, I told them I'm not pregnant. I don't know who you're talking to. Um, there's no possible way this could have happened. Yeah. I got pregnant <laughs> when I was 19 <laughs> years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really naive about my body, about the way the world worked. I'd been pretty much sheltered 
most of my childhood. And my mom tried her best to shelter us. Yeah. But we grew up in the hood, like most Black people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you're sheltering, but there's only so much you can shelter from when you live in the middle of a gang-infested and drug-infested neighborhood. So, right. you know, taking me all the way to age 19, you know, my mom didn't talk to me about sex. I didn't even really know what sex was until I went to the doctor thinking that I wasn't a virgin and found out that I actually was still a virgin. Mm. Um, so I was having unprotected sex. And then when they told me I was pregnant, I, it just did not click for me that I was. Mm. And so I went home, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my son's father, uh, he took me home cause we were living together and I was still probably in denial for about a month or two until it really hit me. Cause like I started showing, right. my stomach started getting really hard or my, my wounds started forming. Um, and I was like, I guess I have to accept that there's a baby in there. <laughs> so no, I, I, I did not anticipate being a mom. Um, but I can honestly say it was the best decision that I ever made to keep my baby boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love um, talking to people whose work ends up being about motherhood or, you know, a majority of your work ends up being about motherhood. And then um, hearing that, you know, they didn't ever see themselves being moms or, you know, sort of a similar story. I've seen, I've heard a few of these and um, it's just so interesting how motherhood sort of engulfs us and makes us this new person. Or I guess it brings out, you know, what we were supposed to be, which is, you know, kind of what you talk about in your curriculum and all the things that we're going to get to. Um, But I just, I love those stories where the person does, you know, 180 and now they're just motherhood everywhere. (laughs) That's definitely me. Because I'll tell you, every step of the way, like for me, life has been a surprise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm one of those people, something happens and I'm like, oh. Like, I didn't even see that coming. It just came and I just rolled with the punches. Mm-hmm. Very good. Good, good, good. So, uh, so I would love to know sort of, you know, as you were raising your son, um, what was your kind of lifestyle like? Were you working? Were you in school? Were you um, at home? And, you know, were you kind of in your mind, wrapping your, you know, wrapping your mind around, okay, I'm a mother, this child is here, you know, how are you, how are you doing that, you know, when you first had your, your son? So I would say that, and I'm going to use the analogy that I use in chapter one of the Brown Mama Mindset book. So when they put my son in my arms, because like I said, the whole time I was pregnant, I was really depressed as a pregnant, Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. a first time pregnant mom. Um, because I'd known that I was going to have to raise my son on my own. It, it had dawned on me by the time I was about six months pregnant that I was going to be doing this by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I had a really su- supportive circle of women with my mom and my sisters and my aunts and my mom's close friends who were around me and were really trying to guide me, but I was really depressed. And so when they put my son in my arms, I think that was the first time that I really got it. Like, mm-hmm. this is a human being that has been brewing inside of you for nine months and the only thing he wants is you because my son was really sick well he wasn't really sick he was sick when he was born he was in NICU because I had actually was I was pregnant too long and so he ended up consuming his first stool and so when they put me he was screaming like when I walked in the room because I was separated from him for about a day and a half Mm -hmm. and then when I walked in the room 
I could hear him screaming and I just, I felt, it was just this visceral feeling of just give me my baby. And then when they put him in my arms, it was like all the hotness came. Like I felt like at that moment, like God was on top of me in the room with me, all feminine essence, all masculine, like everything was in the room between me and this child. And so when they put him in my arms, it was like the first, very few first moments were bliss. And then by the time they took him out of my arms, I realized I have to live for him now. And mm-hmm. so the analogy that I use in the Brown Mama mindset is like, I feel like once I realized that my life is now about him, it was like a gunshot went off. Like I was, you know, Jackie Joyner Kersey at the mm-hmm. about to do <laughs> a sprint and the gun went off. And then I just took off running like what can I do to make sure that this child has everything he needs and ever wants and I didn't realize that I left my whole self and soul back at the start line yeah I'd never checked in with myself to say what do you need what is going to make you feel most fulfilled how can you love this child in a way that makes you whole I never did that and it wasn't until I married my husband that I feel like it, I feel like that moment in the, I felt like I had that moment in the movie where the woman shoots somebody and then they take the gun off of her mm-hmm. and she's standing there almost like in a daze. Like, what have I been doing for the last eight years of my life? So I can, that's how I describe motherhood with my youngest, my oldest son is that it was a mass, a mad dash, a mad dash to be the ideal candidate to graduate from college, to just do everything that I knew I had to do to make sure this child survived, but not taking into account, even with those good atten- intentions, my own self. Um, and it wasn't until I got married that I felt whole enough, or felt not even whole enough, because at that point I was not whole, stable enough mm-hmm. to be able to begin thinking about doing parenting in a more methodical thoughtful, loving, careful, and purposeful way. Yeah, so that was actually going to be my next question was when did you make that that shift and that transition? Um, and so you're, you know, we said when you became married, that's when you sort of started to shift and be more um, intentional. Uh, and so I guess what about it was change for you? Was it just maturity or an experience or something that you saw that you didn't like? You know, what was, you know, the thing that made you realize, okay, this has got to change and, you know, you want to be, you know, pull your, pull yourself into who you are as, you know, mom and now wife and, um, you know, have that Muffy come through as opposed to just being mom. I think complementarity is important. Mm -hmm. So complementarity is um, important because it allowed me to be feminine and not have to be feminine and masculine at the same time. I feel like when you first have a child as a single mom in particular, you have to do everything. Yeah. You have to be the disciplinarian. You have to be the nurturer. You have to be the worker, the provider, as well as the sustainer of the home. And I was doing all of that. When my husband came, like I said, my analogy is like he took the gun off of me. Mm -hmm. So he removed the active principle and allowed me to fall into like a passive state where I could, where I could heal, honestly. 
Okay. And yeah. I didn't have that before mm -hmm. because so much of healing is about allowing, allowing yourself to recognize your past experiences, allowing yourself to love yourself and allowing other people to love you. Um, and really allowing yourself to think differently about the things you've done in the past and the way in which your past experiences, your past thoughts, your past actions, behaviors, and habits have propelled you to the current state that you are. And so having my husband, because at the time I was pregnant, I was pregnant when I got married. I was seven and a half months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so my husband was really adamant, like, if you don't want to work, you don't have to. Like, if you want to work, my husband's always been very supportive of my work. But he was like, mm -hmm. if you don't want to work, go home. Like, just go home, stay home. And mm -hmm. it was really tough at first because I was used to being that chick. Everything, like, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was used to being her, doing everything that needed to be done. But once I really accepted that you don't have to do everything, I was able to heal myself in a real substantive way. And so that's, you know, that was, that was the turning point for me was the recognition that while I feel like every human being is 360 degrees of masculine and feminine energy, mm -hmm. so much of feminine energy is healing and nurturing and loving. And it, al it allowed me to kind of step back into that more passive role so that I could do the real work of healing myself. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so important that you made that realization. And I, you know, I'm thankful that you're sharing it here because I think, you know, I'm sure there's someone who will be listening who is sort of in that middle space. And, you know, hopefully that'll click for, for someone uh, to kind of move into this mindset, which is what your whole workbook, your whole curriculum is about. And so I would love to kind of talk about what is the Brown Mama mindset and First, kind of how did you come up with that, this idea that we needed to have a, a book and a workbook and, you know, really a dedicated time and space to think about this? And then what is it in your definition? So I started writing this book about five years into my marriage. Um, I wrote the first chapter five years into my marriage when I had the realization. So I wrote this book actually as I was going through the healing process. And mm -hmm. then I ended up at the very end of it, when I was like close to writing the end of the book, I hired somebody to help me to kind of pull it all together. But the book really came out of this idea that your thoughts determine your life. So, and they're also determining your current actions and have determined your current, your, your, your former behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I had had, I, there are a lot of reflective moments in this curriculum. The book and the workbook in particular are really about reflecting on the past and reflecting on, like I said, all those things that have led you to the current. But I realized that I'd always been this woman, the woman that I am today. I've always been her. Mm -hmm. she, she never disappeared. She just got left behind. She just got pushed to the back because she wasn't allowed to show up. She wasn't allowed to, I wasn't allowed to be my authentic self. And so when I really started to think, think being the key word here about why she got to the side, it was because of the way I thought about life. And so that's why the book is called The Brown Mama Mindset, because it's about developing a mindset that allows us to really capture our feminine essence and utilize it as the front runner rather than back at the starting line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
the book, the workbook, the journal, and the deck of cards is using a process called questioning. So all of the, the curriculum is laced with questions because I truly believe that questions are the way in which we get ourselves to get out of our ruts. Because oftentimes what's happening is, is that our brains, our, I don't even like to say our brains, our mind, which is a spirit functioning in its own essence, mm-hmm. is leading us down paths that aren't right. Because yeah. we haven't questioned it. We haven't stoked the fire. And we've just assumed, we're right now on a, an assumed path that we've said this is going to lead us to success. But we've never poked the bear. And so questioning, which is um, complementary to the the course, I have a set of mind check cards that have 30 days worth of questions that you can ask yourself about your life and really begin to poke holes in your own agenda. Because that's really what allows growth, regardless of whether you're back at the starting, your, your soul is back at the starting line, or it's even if it's moving with you now and you're in a place where you feel soul centered. Mm-hmm. growth requires that you continually poke the bear because what you need to happen is you need to be able to expand your mind in the same way that the earth is always expanding. Yeah. I think you hit on a couple of really important points and, um, you know, I love that you're saying that we need to start with the questions. And I think, you know, for me, I know sometimes I'm nervous to ask myself these questions because, you know, what if I don't like the answer or what if I'm not comfortable with the answer? And so what would you say to someone who maybe has that hesitation or maybe they don't even realize that's why they're not getting to that true self, you know, asking those important, deep, hard questions um, to kind of get themselves off of that hesitation or off of that, you know, sideline and to really get into this type of work? I would, I would counter them with a question. Just how honest are you being with yourself? Mm-hmm. Like if you're not allowing yourself to be honest with yourself, then you can't expect a man or a woman to, to trust you in a relationship. You can't expect your boss to give you a raise. You can't expect a new client to trust you with their money and, mm-hmm. and their time. If you can't be honest with yourself, then why do you think anybody deserves, you deserve anybody else's investment? So when people say to me, you know, so I'm right now, I'm running a challenge, um, the Brown Mama Mindset Challenge, which is one of the things we do every morning is answer a question. Mm-hmm. And anytime anybody answers uh, or they pull a card and they ask themselves a question. And anytime anybody posts and says they pulled a card, but they have no counter to that card, I know you're, you're blocked. I know you're blocked and I know that there's no, there's no growth from that. So that's what I would say. Like, if you're not gonna trust yourself enough to be able to open up to yourself, because you're not asking these questions to anybody else, you're just asking them to yourself then why should anybody trust you? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just, I wouldn't trust, I wouldn't trust anybody who's not willing to question themselves. Yeah. Good. No, I think that's, that's really important. And, you know, I know we 
oftentimes, you know, give ourselves excuses or we're so busy and we've got this going on and that going on. But what you're saying is you can't even do all those things well without really being who you are intended to be. So um, I love that this is a great kind of either starting off point, like you said, if your kind of self is left behind or if you are, you know, you feel like you're sort of in your stride, it's still a good check in point um, for, you know, wherever you are that uh, just to make sure that you are having that mindset that you need. And I think even more importantly, you might be able to do it well without questioning yourself, but you won't be able to do it authentically. Yeah. Which means you won't get joy from mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You won't, like people will see through you. Real people recognize real people. Mm -hmm. So you'll get to a point, I think with every person, it's like you, you go through cycles in life and then you get to a point where more is demanded. Now, some people rise to the occasion and they poke the bear. So that they can get more of themselves so they can stretch their characters and stretch their mind and other people just say no i'm not going there and then they start coasting and they wonder why they're not happy you're not happy because you won't poke the bear <laughs> yeah i think that's a uh... That's, that's real. And like you said, that's being authentic. And that's really, you know, in the midst of everything we have going on, I feel like that is the main, like you said, the main important thing, because of so much that's, you know, competing for our attention. And, you know, all the things that us as moms are trying to accomplish, you've got to have that, that starting off point. Absolutely. Um, so you started uh, brownmamas.com. And I, you know, I just want to know kind of what was your intention for starting this community? I know it's grown to be um, just this, you know, amazing resource and, um, you know, all that it is. There's so many different pieces of it, but uh, kind of where were you starting or what was your idea when starting that? And um, what do you see for it to, to become, you know, as it continues to grow? So it actually started off as just a Pittsburgh thing. Um, Pittsburgh Brown Mamas was a, is, well, is a support group for Black moms <laughs> here in the Pittsburgh region. Um, and we primarily, right now, we're working primarily just with online engagement. But in the past, we've had in-person support group meetings and events. And we also do our annual showcase of Brown Mama monologues. But Pittsburgh Brown Mamas really started because I needed a community. I moved and my husband is a Brooklynite, and so we moved from Brooklyn back to Pittsburgh, and I kind of outgrown all my friends. And like I said, I, I was trying to poke the bear at the time. I wanted to meet like-minded women. I wanted to kind of step out of my comfort zone and begin building the village that would assist me in raising my children and also assist me in becoming a productive part of my community. And so that's how Pittsburgh Brown Mamas was started. Um, it was just myself and there were six other women um, who started it. And now in the Pittsburgh region, I mean, Brown Mom is pretty much a household name. Everybody knows it um, because it is a space and place where Black women can come and be their authentic selves. Um, we focus on amplifying female voices and building positive socialization opportunities for Black moms online and offline. And so, you know, it really started out, I'll be honest, as a selfish pursuit. I can honestly say that most of the, the growth of Brown Mamas has always been a surprise to me. Um, and I kind of, I, I like the idea and I work well when I'm feeding off of other people's energy. So I kind of like to listen and pay attention and see what the needs of the community are and then react to that. 
um, versus developing my own plans because I'm a, I'm a firm believer that any organization that is not moving, growing, reacting, um, and even, you know, offensively reacting is not an organization. It is an organization. Actually, somebody said something to me yesterday. They said, you don't want to have an organization. You want to have an organism, meaning it's leaving, it's living, it's breeding, it's interacting and engaging with its environment. And so that's kind of how I see Brown Mamas. And I, that's the way I'll see it forever as an organization that is really working towards meeting the needs of Black women and mothers wherever we are. And so right now we have our support group. Um, I've built a curriculum. Um, and then we do our Brown Woman Monologue Showcase every year, which uh, puts 10 African-American mothers on stage to tell their unique mothering stories. Um, we do six months of professional and personal training with them, and then we get them ready for the stage to be able to tell their stories. Um, in the future, we are right now growing through chapters. So if you are an, a Black mom and you are looking to start a support group of your own in your community, Brown Mamas has built the infrastructure for you to be able to do that. You can go to our website, um, and underneath the About tab, you can click Start a Chapter. Um, and begin the process there. But yeah, we're interested in working with other Black women who want to be beacons for growth in their community and who really want to, you know, find a group of women that they can grow alongside and support and being the best mom that they can be. I love that idea that, you know, anybody anywhere could be involved with it and even start their own chapter. I think all of that is, is just so great. Okay, last two no questions problem. that I ask every guest. First is, what are you doing right now that is just for you? Right now that's just for me is yoga. Like, yoga is giving me life. I've never, I've never been a workout girl. Like, I'm the girl that's like, everybody's like, let's go for a run. I'm like, a walk will do just fine. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Um, but when Corona started, when COVID first hit, I was like, I need something to do. I'm bored. I need something to center my day because mm -hmm. typically a centering of my day was homeschool. But when Corona started, we, because we couldn't get back into our regular routine, we just kind of decided to do more unschooling than homeschooling. And mm -hmm. so I needed something to center my day. So yeah, yoga has been it. And it has been dope. Like, I'm, I'm sad that I never knew that yoga could be this centering and this, that it was just such a great practice to engage in. Yeah, love it. Um, I've been doing Pilates for about six months and I told yeah. you the days when I don't feel like doing it, I get the most out of it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then last question is, what is the number one thing that you must have or must do to keep all of the balls in the air? I need silence every day. Like even if it's just three minutes of being able to tune in with myself. I'm a very uh, active person. I like to be active. I like to move around a lot. So whenever I don't have just at least three minutes to check in with myself, it's evident in my entire day. And um, when I first realized this was around the time when I got, got married because before that I 
didn't check in with myself really at all. Um, but a therapist actually pointed out to me, she said that I was having issues with basically, I would, I would feel like I was going from zero to 10 in like a matter of seconds. Mm -hmm. And my therapist pointed out to me, she said, did you ever consider that you're not a zero person that you probably sit solidly at a five or a six? Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, no, I never <laughs> considered that, but you're a hundred percent right. I'm never on zero. Like I wake up on five. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just a hype person. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I realized that I really needed to do, because I know I'm not going below five, like in life period, I'll never be below five. So I realized that if I wanted to maintain that five, because five as a numerologist, I love numerology, five is already just jumpy. Mm -hmm. If I want to be like at a simmer instead of like a roaring rage, I have to have those moments of silence every day. So without those moments of silence, like I might bite your head off at 10 a.m. <laughs> so that's what it is for me. Yeah, I love that it goes back to knowing your true self. I think that is a full circle moment and a great place to kind of summarize everything that you've been talking about, your work, your curriculum, um, and, you know, what you're trying to, um, you know, support other moms to do. So um, just I really thank you for sharing all of that and being on the podcast and giving us great examples of why that's so important um, so that, you know, we can be better women, better moms, better, you know, everything we want to be. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me on and even for finding this information useful um, for your podcast. Hey, Mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. For show notes and information about today's guest, head over to mommyfaceted.com. Also, make sure to follow Mommy Faceted on social media. That's Instagram and Facebook at Mommy Faceted. And there you'll find some stuff that doesn't make it to the podcast, whether that's more information about me, what's going on behind the scenes with my family, information about our guests, and other little things about motherhood that may surprise you, may encourage you, and inspire you. Also, if you have a moment, please, please, please take some time to write a review. Whether you're listening in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you can write a review and let me know which guests you like, which topics you're enjoying. Just share your thoughts. If you're listening on any other player, whether that's Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you can find the podcast, make sure to subscribe so that you get notifications when the next episode comes out. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And I pray you have a great week.